Welcome to A Piece of Me. I'm Aviva Breda. This podcast will explore all of the pieces that make up who we are and all of the things that make us special, unique, and different. And we're going to debunk the just that we have in our lives. You're just this. You're just that. You're not just anything. I'll start. Here's a piece of me. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to today's episode of A Piece of Me. I'm your host, Aviva Breda, and I am joined today by Barry Erber. Barry hi, is, hi. Thanks for coming, Barry. Thanks for um, having me. Barry is the founder, creator, president of Barry Lynn. It is an accessories company. Is that correct, Barry? You could correct me. It is. Yeah, at this point, it's just anything that would put a smile on a kid's face that is not size. That's what we do at this point. Amazing. That's really, that's really cool. Okay. I'm excited to talk about everything. So the way I like to start my podcast is by telling everybody something special, different, or unique about me, and then we'll try to get you to do the same. So, um, I don't like butterflies. I have no problem with the actual insect butterflies. I just don't like them printed on things. Like I would never pick up a sweater with butterflies. Weirdly enough, I don't buy anything with butterflies for my daughter. I just don't like them on things. That's an interesting. Interesting fact, right? Little fun fact for you. Okay, Barry, your turn. Tell us something about you. Um, A fun fact, interesting fact. Um, I I guess, I don't know, interesting fact about me is uh, I wanted to be a lawyer my whole life. And... I didn't go that route, but I literally stay up all night long watching Law and Orders and any law shows that I can watch because I live vicariously through the TV. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. That's really cool. That's great. Um, yeah, I actually also wanted to be a lawyer and I am not one. So we have that in common as well. Perfect. I, <laughs> I guess we're both on the path that we should be on at this point. That's right. That is definitely right. Okay, Barry. So tell us about yourself, a little bit about where you grew up, where you're from. So I grew up in Manhattan. I am one of three children. My parents got divorced very early. Um, My sister is actually my half sister, but there's no difference because we are sick as thieves. From me to her, there is a 17 year age gap. Wow actually only a six-year age gap between her and my oldest child. Um, she was wow. my, at my wedding, which is also her birthday, and her and all my children are uber close. I grew up in Manhattan. I went to Manhattan Day School. I then went to Frisch. Um, after Frisch, I went to Israel for two and a half years. Wow. I gave up the college that I should have gone to, instead found my path in Israel, wanted to become an educator. I went to Mid- Mid- Midrash at Moria, which is now referred to as Midmo. <laughs> to say Midmo. Yeah, that's the cool um, way to say it yeah. now. My daughter reminds me I'm not so cool. I'm over 40, but <laughs> um, I went to Midmo. After Midmo, I went to the Nevei campus and went to a program called Chalhevet and then Malot. And then I finished Malot in Borough Park. I think I freaked out my entire family when I told them that I was staying in Israel. But my father is a firm believer of it's better to go way to the right than to go any other way. So 
I went way to the right. And I then came back, told him I was switching from becoming a lawyer and I wanted to become an educator. He thought I had lost my mind completely, but he wasn't going to stop me. I went to, um, I finished in Borough Park in a school called Thomas Edison State University, which I think was a real place because this was 1999, 2000, and I was taking online courses um, and then went on to YU to Azraeli to get my master's in education and became a doctoral candidate in education and got a specialist license to become a principal. I did EI, which is early intervention and early childhood for 10 years. Um, I helped build up the GCC Manhattan um, program. I, did help, I helped them with their leadership team and curriculum development. I worked at BJ. My goal was really to impart my love of Judaism to children that were not exposed through yeshivas and modern Orthodox day schools. So I put myself in a less Orthodox role um, and I loved it. I loved giving kids their probably first and only experience into what our holidays were and what Shabbos was and what all that I came to appreciate of Judaism is. Um, and then I got married along the way. I actually got engaged. My husband proposed to me in my nursery school classroom. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> at he, we had a meeting in the morning and they told me the meeting was at eight o'clock. I showed up at eight o'clock and the meeting was in session and I almost had a heart attack because my boss was like a stickler for being on time. And she was like giving me eyes the whole time. And I was sitting there and at the end of the meeting, they passed out a paper and the paper said, Donnie is outside and he wants to know if he'll marry him. I'm like, is this a sick joke? <laughs> and then he had all my kids with roses and we got engaged there. Um, I then got married and had my first child within a year. Wow. Uh, I continued teaching, had my second child three years later. And when I had my second child, my first one was three years old. And I didn't like any barrettes on the market. Being in Manhattan, there was lots of market, but I didn't like any. So I said, you know what? I could make my own barrettes. Um, I started gluing barrettes. My mother-in-law thought I was insane. So you were still working, teaching at your preschool. Your three-year-old daughter didn't like any of the barrettes available for her. So you said, I couldn't say she, cause she really didn't have like, yeah, you. Okay. You didn't like them. So like so you I, got out your hot glue gun. Correct. I didn't even know what a hot glue gun was. I went to Michael's. I started buying patches. Um, and I, it was August, August 14, 2007. I said, I could do this part-time. And my mother-in-law goes, you're leaving education. I was about to defend my thesis for my doctoral thesis. Wow. She says, you're going to leave education. I said, no, I'm going to do both. And if I make an extra $2,000 a month, then I could buy myself whatever I want. Not right. lacking anything, but like just this concept of like extra money and like it didn't need to be for any expenses. Um, and August 14th, I walked into my first store. My mother-in-law said, if you make $10,000 in the first year, I will walk to the bank naked. I said, you're on. That was August. We hit our goal by October. Um, and it just literally was pounding the pavement from store to store to store. I set up a shop. Hold on, hold on one second, Barry. Okay, so you started making barrettes on the side in your spare time. Yes. And 
at what point did you say, okay, like I'm going to take it? Like what, at what point did it, did it move from like, I'm making these for my daughter because they're all ugly. Right away. Right away. The second, the second one store was like, oh, I like these. Then I was like, okay, I'm going to another store. And then another. Did you start like at small boutiques around the city? All boutiques. My first store was Dimples on Central Avenue. My second store. And that crazy thing is it's now. 14 years later and I know exactly who was my first store and I'm proud to say that unless a store went out of business we have retained every single customer for the last 14 years wow so it really ricocheted then it was tip-top shoes then it was the baby company then Fred Siegel's in LA somehow heard about us which was like crazy then Lester's of New York funny story. and this was still you just gluing barrettes together yourself <laughs> this was me teaching in the day, having two children at night, uh-huh. staying up till two o'clock in the morning with my dining room table becoming my workshop. And then on Shabbos, we would move everything into my kid's bathroom. Now, just so you see the picture, my apartment was maybe 700 square feet. <laughs> right? I have two kids working full time. I have a crib in my bedroom, the second bedroom, which was teensy. The bathroom now became a storage facility for making barrettes. And, and then I just kept on going. And then eventually I went to Lester's New York and the woman that I worked there, which is the most ironic story of it all, women that worked there looked, met me in a closet in Lester's to look at the product. And she says to me, if you don't make more designs, you're not going to make it. And she scared the crap out of me so much that when I left, I got into a car accident. Like, oh my God. Got into a car accident. Right. And now 14 years. She works for me. Oh, wow. Hired from Lester's. And like, we always had a very close relationship and she wanted to do something more part-time. So she helps me with like design and product development. So she's now worked here. Um, and it just became store to store. And I, I did it for three years like this. Like, it wow. Was, I had seven people working at my table at a certain point, And I was pregnant with my third child. I don't know if I told you I have six kids. So I was pregnant with my third child and I felt pain. And I was like, I, I think I got to go to the hospital. It was the last day of my class. It was June 10th. I was like, you know what? Let me finish my last day of teaching with seven people sitting at my, <laughs> at my apartment. I came home to seven people and they knew it was like a routine. They would make stuff. I would clean it and pack it for stores from like 10 to one in the morning. And then we'd have a whole new set of, we were working off of one laptop on my dining room table. Oh my God. And I, I came home that day from work. I'm like, yeah, I really don't feel well. I think I need to go to the hospital. They all left. Okay. I literally went into labor. I had her at 1202 that night. It was Wednesday night. I eat Thursday morning. Oh my God. To let me out for Shabbos. And all I was thinking about was I have work to do. Right. I have to finish my barrettes. So I got home at Friday and the, the heat press for the things to like seal was on top of the baby crib. And I said, you know what? We've got to get this out of my house. Like this is not normal. Right. We went looking for spaces that weekend. Like I came home on Friday. I looked at a space Sunday. By Monday, we were in the new location. We signed to move operations there. And then that was the summer. And I said, you know what? This is getting too hard. I can't manage a company that's growing. My husband was working full time. I now had three kids. 
it was getting too much. So I called my boss and I was like, listen, I know I have a signed contract, but I got to like step down. I can't do this anymore. So listen, we, we don't want you to step down. So right. A leadership team for next year to help guide new teachers and just come in like one day every other week to like to help and do curriculum development. I said, you know what? That's the best of both worlds. Let me yeah. do that. That following year, I literally pounded the pavement because now I had to make up a salary that I just lost because they weren't paying the same salary. And we pounded and pounded and pounded and pounded. When you when you moved into that new space, were you still just, was it like you were only making barrettes or had you like broadened your line a little bit? We were only making barrettes. We were barrettes. making barrettes and like headbands. And we were getting the stuff from downtown. And, and they were for babies and little girls, right? And then that year, Donnie said to me, I'm going to go to China and I'm going to source this stuff for you. I'm like, you're going to go to where? Like, what are you talking about? And he went to China and he sourced a lot and we found an agent and we started that way. And then it just kept on growing and growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And then now, I mean, 14 years later, we sell to 6,000 stores. We have- Wow all divisions we do uh we do high end we do low end we do a lot i try to do as much as i can with charity work um and now it's really become i i don't want to say a fashion house but it's a fashion house we do sunglasses we do baby swaddle sets we do winter hats we do backpacks backpacks jewelry hair accessories anything that really can make Children smile, this whole pop trend. I mean, my office is bedlam always, but anything that could help someone if there's a need in the market, if I think I could do it better than what is in the market, that is our goal. Um, With that being said, I try as hard as I can not to step on many people's toes because I don't think that, I don't think, listen, I think competition is very healthy and very good to have. With that being said, everyone needs to have a parnasa, a livelihood, and I don't want to take anybody out of their livelihood. So I try to do things that are unique and not copy other people. Um, and I believe in customer service. And with that being said, almost all my customers know that they could call me at any point on my phone. Um, I will always pick up for them um, to the point that when I was having my fourth kid, I was in labor and it was back to school season. And one of my stores was having a problem with their shipment. And in between when they told me my water broke, I got onto a conference call. Oh my God. And I literally needed to start pushing and drop the phone and crack <laughs> my phone, pushed out the baby, I got back the on customer the back <laughs> and said, I'm sorry, I had to hang up. She goes, where did you go? I said, oh, we have a girl, a uh, boy. She's like, you had a what? <laughs> concept that I was in labor, but I had to fix the problem. Like that's me. I'm psychotic. And like the, even I just had my sixth over um, quarantine. And I said, at a certain point, I said, I probably should tell my customers that I'm expecting, but it was COVID. And I was dealing with so many customers that were losing so much and people going bankrupt that I didn't want to be like, Oh, by the way, I'm I'm having a baby. Like like I'm doing okay and I'm having a baby. So I really didn't say anything. And I was on a, I was on a buy meeting with, um, with sex and everything was in zoom. Usually we're all in person and they see me all the time. So they realized that I had a massive belly. 
Um, and, and on my Instagram, I kept on positioning my kids in front of me. So unless you knew who I am, you didn't know I was pregnant. And I said to my buyer, by the way, I'm going to be on maternity leave soon. So I need to make sure that your buys are in. She goes, you're going to be on what soon? (laughs) Oh, by the way, I'm doing six weeks. And then that night I actually Instagrammed it out because I didn't want people to be like, oh, she really is not taking us in to her family. And one of the learning points of this whole um, COVID experiences is I've built relationships that are not purely work relationships while I'm doing this. And I know a good majority of my stores, they know who I am. And I started thinking about that in terms of my Instagram and what I'm posting and how I was going to get through COVID. And when everything was doom and gloom, I started Camp Herber in my house because my kids needed activities anyhow. And I started putting them on, on my stories and my membership on Instagram grew tremendously only because they realized I'm a real person. Like people sometimes, and they don't realize I am Barry. Like, I don't act like, sorry, I can't do that for you. Sorry, I can't fix it. You have to call someone. So if they get me on my phone, meaning if they call the office and I'm here, I pick up the phone. I'm on my employees. I ship, I do everything. There's no like, oh, Barry's the boss. You can't talk to her. Go through me and I'll get you an answer. Like if there's a problem, call call me, call. My employees know like my customer service is the most important thing to me. If I don't have an impeccable record, then I get annoyed with myself, not because of anything other than I want them to know they're cared for. And I you have an expectation for yourself yeah. and you, and you strive to meet it. So that is really how this all came. And now we're in our third office, I think. I just want to say that for all the listeners, because obviously you're not watching, Barry and I are on a Zoom call right now. And the entire time while she's talking and telling me her whole story, she's working. Like I see that she's like taking papers from here and putting them over there and looking at her computer and she is really working. So I really appreciate the time that you're giving us today because I see that you're very busy. I, I sort of, I left my house this morning and I said to my, I don't even call her my nanny anymore because she's really my right hand and anybody that is a working mom and has someone at home and thinks that like, like that, that whole role to me is like one of my biggest relationships. My interreact, my interpersonal skills with my employees is, is to me my most valued relationships because if I respect them and they respect me, anything can be happen. And anyone who tells you they're doing everything themselves, in my opinion, it's not true. There's someone that's there whether you're going to give them the credit or not is mind-boggling to me because without my help at home and making sure that my children are safe and like yes am I involved in parent-teacher conferences and taking my kids to the doctor yes that's my role as a mom to me those are important things and I make my time but my assistant if it weren't for her I'd be nowhere my head managers in my office if they weren't guarding my office that would fall apart. My girl who is my right hand, who's been with me coming on 15 years. Wow. I don't know what I would do without her. Like she knows that she is my end all and be all. And like, even today when she's like, okay, what are we doing for a job? So I'm, she's, she, we call each other. She's my sous chef. <laughs> everything for me and then home and season everything. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? I'm like, I have a zoom call at 11 o'clock. 
I'll be home by 12.15. I want to pick the kids up because I haven't done that all week. So I'm going to go get them. And then it's somewhere in the middle. I'm we'll figure it out. And make sure my Neiman's shipment gets out of here. Today. <laughs> so it's a lot of juggling. But if you don't have buy-in from the people around you, your juggling is nothing because that's what it's all about. So I am a firm believer on giving your help um, as much credit as you could give them because it's definitely well, just um, seeing, I mean, the, um, the business that you've built and the fact that you have six kids, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine that you could do it without, without someone yeah, I there have, to help you. No, I definitely can't. Um, but, um, thank God. I mean, I have a good team in place. I have reps all over the place. I have offices in Atlanta, Dallas, LA, China, here. Um, I think we are almost at 70 staff. I have no idea. Wow. So what was the, what was the turning point when you went from just the small boutiques and making just barrettes and headbands to like the next step? I had to get control of, thank God math was a strong suit for me because it's a lot of math. It's what inventory do you need? Where's your break-even point? What are your gross margins? What what are your net margins? How can you upscale? At what point is your upscaling really not making you more money because your everything else is growing? So it was a it was to find that healthy medium. And let me tell you something: COVID destroyed that healthy medium. COVID yeah, was, my stores were closing. My stores were closed in New York and LA for the longest amount of time. Neiman Marcus filed for bankruptcy. Thank God they restructured and I was able to take that hit. But I know people in my industry, they weren't able to take that hit. You can't, you can't keep on taking hit after hit after hit. Um, when I started this business, I said to myself, I wasn't going to take out a savings to make this business run. It was going right. to be on its own or I was going to walk away from it. And luckily I was able to do it. And I pushed myself to continue to do it, which is why I worked. Uh, me and my husband did not leave our other job until we were making 25% more a month in the business before we left our, our security. Wow. Listen, we are Orthodox Jews. And for whatever that means, our lifestyles are, our tuitions are crazy. I knew yeah. I was like, I laugh. Like it used to be that, like, I would look at a, 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 a tuition bill and I would say, this is birth control. Yeah. I, I didn't know, but like, thank God I'm at the point in my life where I could call my school and be like, I want to help other kids go to school. I want, I don't want, like, I want to help with now I'm at the point where literally what drives me every day to do more and more is to give back to charities. So like, whether it's teaming up with High Lifeline or Amuna or Yad Leia, or now I'm trying my hardest to get into to like children's hospitals that are not Jewish because it's very easy for me to look at my own institutions that sure. with. it's a little harder to give outside. But now I have this whole line of holiday and Christmas. My organizations don't want that. So why wouldn't CHOP want it? Why wouldn't inner city children want it? Why wouldn't I just gave yesterday to um, Mount Sinai Children's Hospital um, a bunch of Halloween pop toys. So this is a little going out of my element and building a more um, give back clause to people that aren't, uh, that I'm not familiar with, but it feels just as good. It, of it, course, it, yeah. Your your messaging is, listen, there are a lot of companies that, that lead with like, we're giving back, we're giving back, we're giving back. 
I never led with that with that. Okay. People that know me know what I do. I don't need to advertise what my company is. I want them buying the company because they like the company. It brings smiles to their faces. They could. Does that mean that I give back 10% in my company? We, we aim for much higher than giving away 10%, but I don't need people to judge me for that. I want that two separate things. Sure. How I pay my bills every day. And one is how I go to sleep at night. Right. As long as both of those are being met, I'm a very happy person. That's incredible. How do you make sure that you stay on top of all the uh, upcoming ideas and trends? I know you were you were pretty quick or the first. I don't know if you were the first, but very in this pop it and in and out trends and whatever. Do you have somebody who does that specifically? Is that something that you come up with? How does that work? Do you go to your kids? I literally could be sleeping in bed at night and I wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I'm like, I got it. <laughs> My husband's like, what exactly do you have? Like, I, 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 one of the niches in my market is I watch the high end. I'm not going to lie. I like nice things. Chanel, Gucci, Dior. I like, sure. I'm yeah. not going to lie. And if I lie to myself, then I, um, I'd be lying. Yeah. <laughs> so I watch those runways very clearly. And it used to be that for kids trends to hit the market, it used to take 18 months from when things were on the adult runway because it needed to funnel through the adult runway for a year. And then it was six months production for a kid's line. I watch it and I will implement it within three months if I like it. So with that, I have a team in China. I air every single thing in from China so I don't have to be on the water. And I start the trend really quickly in the kids market, whether it's tie dye, denim, puffies, whatever the trend is, that's what I do. It does help that I have kids that um, I see what they gravitate towards. Um, It's also, I'm not in clothing. So clothing trends are different than accessory trends. So if I see that plaid is hot in clothing, I could easily make a headband very quickly. Right. Accessories. It's not a, they have to sew it. They have to this. It's my office will literally produce, find a fabric that is to my, like, that I like, and then make the materials work for me. So that's what I, I am liking. Yes. Very on top of that. Very yes. on top of the trends and everything. Yeah. What, what is your best seller in your company? Right now, these pop toys. The pop toys. It's crazy. But we took it like, listen, it started with a square, right? Then we started doing shapes. Then I was like, okay, what's the next big thing? Then I made it into a pop pop the book. So that, like, there's no one else on the market right now doing it. Then I opened molds to make mask chains. So I'm very in tuned with what are my customers' needs? What are they going to want next? What's the next big thing? So we made mask chains. We made pop headbands. We made coin purses. We made, um, I'm trying to think of what are other jumbo ones, massive ones. Mm-hmm. Now we're working on new molds now of what, how are we going to play this forward now? So like I just said to them, I want to see um, pop sunglass cases, like things that we can now move forward. Right. An idea that I could take to the next level. Am I afraid that people bring it to the market before me? Sometimes I worry about that, but I have to stay true to who I am. These yeah. are what I'm doing and and hopefully it pays off in the long run. And you're, you have a lot of brand recognition. So even if someone did bring it to the market before you, when they see that it's yours, it has, you know, it carries a different weight for sure. 
I think so. I mean, thank God Barry Lynn is a name that, I mean, we just launched now Sterling Silver Earrings. My reps have been asking me to do earrings for a long time. And I just wasn't moving in cat. Like, I just didn't want to. And then I was like, okay, this isn't so hard. How hard could this possibly be? Sure. And like, even my packaging, like my husband's like, do some like crazy designs with like rainbows and unicorns. I'm like, you know what? I have a name. Like, I don't mm-hmm. You don't need all that, right? But like literally it's a little box that comes in a reusable TPU bag and inside the box, it says Barry Lynn in all different areas and inside are two earrings. And my rep is like, this stuff is selling like crazy already because if my name is on it, I assume it holds some weight at this point. Yeah. I'm not selling it anymore for the unicorns and whatnot. I'm selling it because it's Barry Lynn. It's a product that's sterling silver. It's a product that you'll get on time. It's a product that you have good customer service with. And that's really what I'm working on. People know that they're getting quality and that they're, they're getting someone who stands behind the product. Is, um, is Barry Lynn your name? Yes. I'm Barry Lynn, was Ohayan, and now I'm Herber. And how did you decide to name the company that? Okay. So you want to laugh and I'll throw her under the bus right now. (laughs) Kushner is a good friend, Nikki Meyer. And we were by her for a Shabbos table. And I don't know if you know, uh, like 14 years ago, there was a show on TV called Donnie Deutsch. Whoever made the million dollar idea, they used to go on the show, Donnie Deutsch. So we were sitting at a Shabbos table and we were joking around that I wanted to be on Donnie Deutsch and, and her husband, Tuvi, and all of us, we were sitting there and we were coming up with all these ideas, little bow clip, little uh, bow clippy or whatever we were coming up. And Nikki goes, why don't you just name it your name, Barry Lynn? And I was like, okay, that could work. And Sophie goes, you're going to be on Donnie Deutsch. The show's not in business and not on Donnie Deutsch. <laughs> business is still standing after 14 years. And every time I'm with Nikki, I'm always like, you're the reason I have this business. She goes, no, you would have had the business. You may have had a different name. But like, yeah. it was so her Shabbos table, that conversation, that that's really where we got the name from because I was never going in the route of, of, naming it after me. Um, and now in the low end business, we have neat, we have 11 different lines now for different stores and they are all kids names. Like I have a Gigi line that is not as intricate and Savarsky crystals and high end, which sits in like Bloomingdale's. And then we have lower end lines that are mass produced in China that are not my quality at all, but it's for that market at a certain price point that's named after Eva, my other daughter. And so we try now. And then I think we have a Finn and Gigi line. I don't even know all the lines. <laughs> no, that mo- a lot of them are, or maybe it's Harrison and Gigi. So you have, you have lines under the Barry Lynn umbrella that are for different markets. So they're not under my umbrella. They operate completely like out of a different office, but yes, I help with like design and trend and, and it, it, for the customers in the low end, they like to see that it's under the umbrella of Barry's paving the way. Cause it used to be that people were just knocking me off left and right. And watch right. that if it's my designs, anyhow, I could do it better for so sure took over that side. And that side is actually the much bigger side, but it's yeah. have it's, it's nine big customers that have multiple locations. So it's not this tug of 6,000 lower 
not lower stores, but like little smaller to, right. to me are my heart and blood. Like I love my mom and pops. I love seeing their growth. I love seeing their successes. Um, during COVID, if it weren't for my mom and pops, I probably would have been out of business because the big trend, the big chains were shut. Right. Uh, so to me, my heart will always be with mom and pops and, and continue to grow that as much as I can. Do you have a line named after all, are the, are all six of your children represented in the line? No, my two oldest do not want lines. They, they do not want. Have, have know. any of them expressed interest in joining the business? No, no. And I am a firm believer and it's sick. And my, these, these, your viewers might think I'm completely crazy. My kids all have to go to college, get a degree in something else that they want to do because I've seen way too much where we're in a business that there are a lot of family businesses. I want to get this generation up. Thank God I'm able to support my six children. And please, God, I'm going to be able to support and help them with their children, right? But at a certain point, my six children are then going to have their own children. Right. And supporting way more families. And I never want there to be inner fighting amongst my kids without something that they can fall back on. So I, my oldest is a senior and fresh. She is very into criminology and the psychology behind criminology. Her dream is to go to NYU and to get a degree in this and start her own. Who knows if she will take counsel and become legal counsel for Barry Lynn. I have no idea, but right. <laughs> on that part, what path, I really don't want to force my kids into anything they don't want. Um, will I welcome them if this is ultimately where they want? Of course. And it's my dream to have them um, continue in what we're doing. But it's also who knows where I'm going to be in five years, 10 years, 15 right. years, what the sell point is in the company. And I always joke, like, I don't want to be 80 making breaths. Like, right. I'm going to be able to enjoy my children and grandchildren at some point. And right now, this is still very hands-on, five days a week, at least 40 hours a day. At oh, least. I was going to say a day, but okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So what's, what's the the age difference between your oldest and your youngest? 17? 17 years. And she, 17. she kills me every day. <laughs> every time she misbehaves, I'm like, keep it up because I could still have one more at your <laughs> You, I really will kill you. <laughs> God, my kids get along. Um, my kids are really all three years apart with the exception of my fourth and fifth have a five and a half year gap and then back to the three years, but they're all pairs. Like I have girl, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy. And you really see the binding between like now my 12th grader, even though they kill each other, go, I have a ninth grader also in fresh and she drives my ninth grader to school. So like that's that pair. And then I have like middle school and MDS, that's that parent. Then I have a three-year-old and a nine-month-old that really are the babies. So when people see me in the streets with like my younger two, they're like, oh, that's so cute. You have two kids. I'm like, no, I have six. <laughs> when they see me with all six, they must think that I'm crazy. But like, they're my pride and joy. Like, yeah, I went into the kids' business so that I could be able to take my kids to school and pick them up from school. And part of why we still live in the city is the city allows that to happen. I'm not commuting to work. I am eight blocks from my kid's school. I could easily run out of here at 310 for a 315 pickup and get my kids in time um, and take them to their doctors and make them their lunches in the right. morning as I leave after them. 
Um, me and my husband have a system that he walks the kids to school Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. I take my kids to school Tuesday, Thursdays. So like, you don't have that in the suburbs. I would have to be out of the house before they even leave. For sure. So it's definitely a reason. Is it the, is it the biggest community? No, but I think it's the best community in the world because it really guides me and teaches me how to live amongst others and still be an Orthodox Jew. Incredible. Um, it's, it's in, in my opinion, not to put down anything, but it's the complete opposite. My message is the complete opposite message of that girl that's on TV now. Um, that makes me crazy. Um, yeah. Julia Hart. Yes. Her, because for me, there's nothing more great, great to say to someone, I am hanging up. It's 537 Shabbos is starting and I am with my family Yeah, and whatever religious needs I need are being met in those 25 hours. I don't look at it as like a hindrance to my growth. I grow whenever I can grow. I do whatever I can. And, and, and I really view myself as a vessel. I am a vessel to do as much as I could do in this world and to go to sleep at night, knowing that I'm following whatever rules that I know and I can follow and I'm dealing business ethically and I'm not, and, and, and I could be a role model. There are times that like, I have had to say to my customers, sorry, it's a holiday for the next two days. We are closed. Right. Close my, my offices are shut all Jewish holidays. We are done. There is no opening. There's no loopholes. There is no, maybe we could open. The only loophole there is, is if we've won fast, if I'm in Israel, we only keep one day. Can we open in America the second day? So that really (laughs) made my husband want to go to Israel even more. (laughs) It is very hard the two day shutdowns every other day. Yeah. If that's what it is. And if, if that's what's going to hurt me and my company, then that's what's going to hurt me and my company. Yeah. But I don't bend on things like that because when you start bending, it becomes a very slippery slope in where you're calling what you're calling. So my, and I think my customers appreciate that. I don't think they think I'll, I'd ever lie to them. I'd never steal from them. If I make a mistake, even in the accounting department, they will have their money back within 24 hours. Yeah. That's not, they know who I am. I, I, I've had, I have customers in Dubai. I have customers in Lebanon. They know where I stand in my Orthodox Judaism. We could have civilized conversations here. Do incredible. Everything in the world. Oh, I don't agree with everything in the world. But when you have a mutual respect, people hear you and they're not attacking you. So I, I've had many situations where, where it has put me in, in situations where as an Orthodox Jew, I wasn't going to do the situations. And I said, listen, I understand that this is what you need. And if, and if you need me on Yom Kippur to be on a conference call and, and this is what's going to lose my order, then I'm losing the order. I've right. had CEOs reach out to me after the fact and be like, why weren't you on the conference call to go over your business? And I'm like, listen, you planned it on a day that I can't be there. I would never call you guys on Christmas. Right. Call you on, on Thanksgiving. If I told you every Christmas there was an emergency, you had to get on a phone call, you would think I'm crazy. Right. For sure. So that's, that's really where I stand. And, and, and there's a, listen, every, every, in my view in life, everything has its pros and cons. You have to figure out what's what's your pros and cons and then where you can fall in the global picture of pros and cons. And to me, being an Orthodox Jew is my badge of honor. I wear it. I, I live by it. I 
I conduct my business like that. I conduct, conduct my parenting like that. I conduct who I am like that. And if that's going to be my downfall in life, and that's something that I should God willing live to 120, I will take up with the senior boss when I get up there, if I get up there. But <laughs> that, that's how I think of it. It's really incredible. Barry, you're really such an inspiration. I think that just the way that you, that you, you know, saw a niche and said, you know, I can do this better and made it happen and, and made it happen through delivering babies and everything. And just said like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And, and you did it. And it's really incredible. And it's amazing that now both you and your husband work in the company and you're able to support your family that way and to have this beautiful life and provide for your six children is really, really incredible. And that you're able to give back and give back in a way that makes you proud and I'm sure makes the community proud as well. I hope. Really incredible. I can't thank you enough for taking the time. I know this was a lot of time and I appreciate it so much that you came on. Well, thank, thank you, thank you, Aviva. Thank you so much for coming on and um, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Will do whenever you All right. Thanks, Barry. Have a good job, Is. You too. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of A Piece of Me. If you enjoyed it, please hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review. Seriously, it'll make me do a happy dance. Join me again next time as we continue to share more and more pieces of us. I'm Aviva Breda, and this is A Piece of Me.